I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugged. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and um, today we have a very special guest. We have Miss Janet from the Deplorable Nation Podcast joining us today, and her expertise is in the medical field, so we're going to poke her brain a little bit on on some of that knowledge, uh, because as we go through this in the initial podcast, one of the things I want to do is kind of hit on a bunch of different topics, and we've already hit on some of the Disney and mind control things. And I want to get more on the health side of things. And I figured who better to go to than you, Janet, you are the jack of all trades. And uh, thank you for joining. I'm excited and delighted to be here with you. And if you're going to poke my brain, don't poke it too hard. There's not much left. It's okay. We're, we'll be gentle. <laughs> we won't hit the important parts either. <laughs> We're not going in with the nose swab. Uh, no. How, how have you been? I'm doing fantastic, my dear, staying extremely busy, Um, planning a little trip in the future, so I'm excited about that. Ooh, sounds like fun. Road trips Mm -hmm. are always a good time. You know, you get away, and I I was talking with, uh, uh, just trading texts with Ron, because he disappeared for a few few days, and I thought something was wrong. He's, nope, just took a vacation. I'm like, oh, we're allowed to do that? You know, like, we're allowed (laughs) to get away from the madness? But, That's why you record shows ahead of time. So you have stuff to release even when you're on vacation. See, that's that's a veteran move right there. And I would not have even thought of that, you know, And but that's a great idea. And oh, it's it, it's wild. I don't even know where to where to start with this monster. It's it's been one of those where I've been going through it. And, you know, now up here, I'm in Massachusetts. They're back to the you know, we went to mask mandates again and. You know, they're still pushing all the the science and trust science. But yet when Mm -hmm. I turn on the news, I see it, you know, a totally different, not turn on the news, but I read other than mainstream media, I'm getting a totally different story. And so one of the things I kind of wanted to talk with you about is just general, the general history of medicine in America, um, being that you have not only been a nurse, but also an educator and and a teacher Mm -hmm. of it. Um, it's, it's one of those where, you know, I firsthand went through the medical system and realized that most doctors are just full of shit and don't really know a whole lot. And it was very frustrating and, and, you know, disappointing to realize that 
the only way I was going to get healthy was if I invested my energy into it and my time into it to research, because it seems like the answer to everything these days is in a pill or vial. That's true. And you know, the funny thing about doctors is they're called practitioners. That is because they practice because they take a stab at what they think it is or what it may be. And then they throw pills at it. Um, So it is actually the practice of medicine, not actual medicine itself. And it's funny because that's what, what my specialist told me right away. He goes, well, I just want you to know this is a practice. I'm right. like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I don't, I can't guarantee you anything. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that was, that was the, the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay, well then you're a specialist, but you can't do anything. Okay. Right. So we're going to start there. And then it was, you know, we went into it and he's like, okay, so explain to me your symptoms and what's going on. And we went through everything and, you know, he's like, okay. He's like, we're going to run some blood tests. They did the blood work. And then once we get your results, we'll figure out our, our path of, of, uh, you know, course to go forward. And there was never any mention of what my diet or exercise or lifestyle Mm -hmm. was like. It was just, it was base. It was strictly going to be off the numbers and whatever they got off that blood work was going to then determine which medicines we go on to try and just, and the thing was, even after that, he said, well, we can't cure this. This is incurable, but we can mask it very well. Yeah. And masking, it doesn't do anything. That's like putting duct tape on your car, Yeah, you know, when there's a hole in it or something, instead of fixing it or duct tape your windshield, because, you know, it's cheaper than actually fixing it. And that's exactly what they do is give you their prescription medications that cover up or hide your symptoms so that you don't know if you're getting better or not. You have no clue. It's like a bandaid on a bullet wound. Right. You know, and that's what, and and that's what I ran into with it too, was that you'd have these waves, right. Where, okay. Mm -hmm. I would feel good for a couple of weeks and feel like everything was working. And then all of a sudden your body's like, Nope, Nope. It's still here. I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, not and going in there. So I, I, you know, I did some research and started looking into food and, and diet and what could be causing, I mean, I went to, I went to a, uh, a natural naturologist or, you know, where they do the test for the 160 some allergies. Mm-hmm. And that came back basically negative. You know, there's a little bit with some mushroom allergies. I had fungus allergies, but I didn't consume much of that anyway. So then I start, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, why is this? And, and, you know, there was no answers. I just kept getting no answers. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I came back to that, you know, I've heard you talk about multiple times is the whole alkalinity versus acidity. Right. And, you know, that was the first time I had ever heard of it and, mm-hmm. and, and didn't know anything about, you know, what kind of state my body was in? Was I acidic? Was I alkaline? You know, what, what's the benefit to each? And that was a whole eye-opening experience in itself. Right. And you know, something else that's beneficial too, um, like if you decide you're going to take supplements, uh, you can do what's called muscle testing. And what that is, like say, um, depending on the pH of your urine, say that you need a calcium supplement. And so 
you go out, you get your supplement, and then it says like you need three. So what you do is you start out by putting one in your hand. And if your body moves forward, that's a yes, you need that. If your body moves backwards, and this, your body does this on its own. If you move backwards, that's something your body doesn't need. And so, um, and that's like, especially multiple, multiple supplements in one where they've got like, um, magnesium, zinc, and calcium together. Um, and like the one that I has, uh, have says take three. And so if you put three in your hand and your body's like, heck no, then put one back and try two and see if your body says that's okay or not. Your body will actually gravitate toward what you need. Wow. That's amazing. Yep. And and is there anything specific that causes that? Or is that just, it's that that's body just, magic, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's your body's energy telling you, you know, that this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing. And a lot of times with people, when they get um, supplementations and stuff, you want to make sure that you do like one thing at a time and add other things in slowly, because if you take them all at once, you're going to feel like total crap. Um, You'll get very nauseated, very sick to your stomach, um, may have stomach cramps, stomach pains. Um, Anybody that's taken magnesium knows that magnesium also makes you very regular, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) And so, you know, some people will start a supplement and then they'll actually stop taking it because it makes them feel awful, but you got to stop and think like, what else are you doing at the same time? Mm -hmm. Now, what would you do to test for acidity? Uh, There's strips. You can get pH. Yeah. pH test strips. Um, You can do the urine test strips are really easy, uh, but you have to get one that, that, you know, has a broad range and it has uh, your pH in there. Um, But it also is a good thing to always test for sugar and stuff like that. So the longer strips are better. Um, And then just, you know, get little, little Dixie cups or whatever, pee in it, dip it real quick, and then read what your readings are because the readings will be on the bottles. So it'll tell you whether it's in range or, or out of range. And then you can go from there. And I I would bet that most people are in an acidic state, especially Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And and not and, even realizing it. Yeah. And that's true because um, most people uh, eat a lot of sugar. Even if they think they're doing really well, they don't read packages. And so there's a lot of sugar and a lot of things or a lot of fruits have a lot of sugars. And so the more uh, sugary your diet is and the more carbs that you intake and things like that will definitely affect uh, your pH balance. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that was one thing that when I started reading into it, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's like the lead. That's what causes cancer. And what's, mm-hmm. what's everything. It's basically a breeding ground, right. In your oh, yeah. body for anything disease related. Absolutely. And you know, you, you, in our history, like the very first germ type theory um, or bacteria theory, whatever you want to call it, the very first theory ever was, was the miasmatic theory. 
And that made a lot of sense. That's how it started out because it was your environment. It was things around you. So um, like if there's dead carcasses in the water or um, rotting trees, things like that, those things can make you sick, especially if they seep into uh, your water supply and stuff like that. So that to me still makes a lot of sense because even nowadays, um, you don't want to have anything to do with that. Well, then comes along, you know, the inventions and the medical community and, and things like that. And so then it was like, eh, well, um, we're kind of not going to pay attention to this, even though that's the time when, you know, back in the 1800s, 1900s, when, you know, people are pooping in the street or, don't have any running water. They don't have any sewage drainage systems. And so that was an issue. And then with advancements, um, that's when they started the germ theory. And the germ theory, of course, brought with it the things like, um, you know, the words pandemic or infectious. Hold on, I got a cough. things like that. And so um, you also have Louis Pasteur at the time. He was also very big into politics. And it was like, well, you should treat, um, especially women after they have a baby, you should treat them with borax. I don't know if anybody knows what borax is. But, oh, excuse me, I got to cough again. Sorry, I think it's a cat hair tickle. Those are the words. Um, but borax, <laughs> borax is like a, a heavy detergent. Okay, you can still buy borax today. And so his thinking was, if a woman has a fever after she delivers, uh, that must mean that she's sick. It must mean there's an infection and treat her with borax. Um, a lot of his discoveries that he made were things that he stole from other people that worked around him. And that's a really common thing in the medical community is stealing someone else's research. Uh, so he pushed the whole borax thing, not knowing that not um, having clean hands could be an issue. And that could be why people are having a fever or a fever is also your body's natural way of trying to put itself back in balance. And so you come in contact with somebody that, you know, hasn't washed their hands all day, has gone to the bathroom, has touched everything, you know touching whatever surf it is, surface it is that they touch. And then they don't put gloves on and they deliver your baby. So of course your body's going to develop a fever to try to get rid of um, the toxins that it came in contact with, which are environmental once again. And so uh, through Pasteur and him being heavily involved in politics um, heavily involved with the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and all the other players on the world stage. 
I've never heard those names before. Who are those people? <laughs> now, weird, huh? That they they, they um, just come up everywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, they like pushed him forward and was like, oh, look at all the things that he's discovered. He discovered penicillin. Uh, anybody knows that penicillin is a type of mold. And so, you know, you know, if you have bread too long, you're going to grow a form of penicillin yourself. Okay. And then they just uh, tweak it with their little man-made solutions. And here you go. We're going to feed you mold. That's going to be a great idea. And that's kind of like the entire basis for the medical community was built on the Rockefeller and the Carnegie Foundation. And at the time, and this was early um, 1900s, late 1800s, they had lots of, lots of, lots of uh, holistic schools, naturalistic medicine schools, um, things like that. And so Carnegie and Rockefeller got together and decided uh, that they were going to put these places out of business because at the same time, they're bringing over the pharmacy system from Germany. Go figure. Germany. From our good friends at IG Farben, right? It, yes, exactly. And Bayer and all those yes. good players. Yep. Exactly. And how it all started was, you know, they, they knew the system was in place. And so they wanted to put that in place here, but they needed to shut down all of the natural schools first. And so that was their target. And that's exactly what they did. They got them all shut down and they even put a lot of people in prison. Yeah, I was reading about that. That's crazy. It was all out of that. uh, I think it's called the Flexner Report. Flexner Report. Yes. Yeah. And they said they were throwing doctors in prison. Yes. And uh, And it's really practicing, right? Mr. Flexner is a very interesting individual because he worked for uh, the Carnegie Foundation and what they did when, when all of this was taking place and they were doing, um, trying to take over all the holistic schools and trying to start um, all of the medical schools in the United States, basically from scratch and put in place of natural and diet and stuff like that. All of that was gone. They took all of that out of the education system um, once this Flexner guy came into the picture. And what he did, uh, he studied all of this, quote, wink, studied, (laughs) you know, science. And then he decided to write a report. He took it to Congress. I think it was 1906, I believe, 1906, 1910, something around that area. Took it to Congress and Congress passed it into law that this is what the medical schools will teach. We will not mention dietary things. We will not mention holistic or naturopathic, Um, but we are going to integrate big pharma into the teachings. Here are the drugs that are going to be in the curriculum. This is what you're going to put in the curriculum and you cannot deviate from it. Gee, that sounds familiar. Exactly. You know, and it gets better because what they did after this was actually adopted by Congress, they decided to let, um, or to elect, I should say, and select people from their boards 
from the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation to actually put into place in every one of the medical schools that they started in the United States. Um, that way they have complete and total board control from both of these foundations over every one of the universities. And nothing could be taught in their curriculum outside of what those two foundations decided needed to be taught. So, yes. Yeah, so all forms of homeopathy and everything like that were out, out the window right, right there, right? Right. Went away. Wow. And they had been, you know, been used for hundreds of years. And that's exactly why, um, like doctors don't discuss, uh, vitamins or minerals or, you know, any kind of supplementation, dietary changes, anything like that, because it is not in the curriculum. If they are lucky, they may get one hour of that while they're in medical school. That is it. That's madness. It doesn't, it's not taught in nursing school either. Um, They don't go over diet. They don't go over minerals or anything like that but the funny thing is and look at you know at the start of the pandemic when Mm -hmm. you know people were talking about sun and vitamin c and zinc and vitamin you know this and that they shut it down um anybody that said anything about you know minerals or sunshine or whatever were instantly shut down they canceled hashtag sun. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. <laughs> come on. And that's, hashtag sun and that's like the that. funny yes. thing. Um, and this is what I want people to know is so ironic about that whole situation, because not only were they banning or <clears throat> removing posts, threatening people's accounts, <clears throat> et cetera, for pushing or, or talking about, you know, vitamins and, and the sunlight and things like that. But at the same time, you could actually look up hospital protocols for ICU for COVID patients. And what the hell do you think was on their protocols? The exact same things that people were trying to talk about on social media that were shut down. Vitamin C, zinc. There was even hospitals that actually had sun therapy on their protocols. And so they would take patients outside. Well, that was when, you know, they made Trump sound crazy when he was talking about UV treatments, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, getting- and UV, UV light has been used um, for a very long time to treat a number of conditions. It's very effective at treating people with psoriasis or other skin disorders. Um, it's very helpful in treating patients who have seasonal affective disorder um, or other kind of uh, mental disorders in that, in that kind of category, it, it's used for all kinds of things, but that's again, you know, quote voodoo. If you listen to the mainstream media, yeah, it's basically, even though you can look it up. Yeah. Anything that makes sense is, is banned right now. I mean, hashtag natural immunity is banned right now. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And, and to think that they're allowed to do this, you know, I, I, it makes me laugh because, you know, doctors are supposed to take the Hippocratic Oath, right? And, and well, think about how funny that word is, though. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That in itself, 
a Hippocratic oath. Like that's right. what you're supposed to take to be a doctor. And it's just, it's like an oxymoron. Yeah, it is. You no, know, it just doesn't make any sense. And yet, you know, and, and so basically what you're saying is, is that these doctors have, you know, very little knowledge of med- of, of, mm-hmm. of vitamins and, and supplements. Right. And essentially what they should do is have a lab coat with whoever's sponsoring them from big pharma. Right. And because that's what you're going to get out of them. There's going to be no variation out of that because basically it's illegal in their eyes. Right. And it's funny because um, if you go to a doctor that actually has um, a, a United States pharmacopoeia book in their office, kudos to you because most doctors do not have one of those books you can look up literally every supplement, every ingredient in a supplement, um, every plant known to man that's on this planet, every root, every everything that could possibly used in holistic medication, um, it's going to be in that book. So if you go to a doctor that has one of those, that's a good thing. Uh, doesn't mean they always look at it. They'll usually make a nurse look stuff up. But, you know, that's better, better than, than nothing, not. right? I mean, at least yeah. somebody's looking it up. Yeah. Because when you go to the doctor, generally speaking, you're supposed to tell them everything that you take. <laughs> My list would be very long. <laughs> and, and, and what are like they gonna, how much paper you got? <laughs> exactly. And then what are they going to do? Put it into a, into a spreadsheet and then spit yeah. you out some, a report, you know? Yeah, Exactly. Most of the time you're, you're really lucky if they even review your quote medications with you or ask you if there's any changes, even though that's supposed to be common practice to do literally every time a patient comes in. And all I remember from mine was they would just write it down. You know, Mm -hmm. they would just, okay, you write down, what are your, what are you on right now? And what are the doses? And that was Mm -hmm. it. And then we never talked about it though. That was what was strange to me was that. You know, there was never any, it was real quick, like, okay, are you feeling better or worse? Well, it's the same. Nothing's changed. Okay. Well, that's a good sign. We'll see you in another month, you know? Right. And that was, that was the extent of it. Whereas. Oh, thanks for that. Making me have to pay that copay to come in and see you for that fantastic advice you just gave me. And wait an hour and, you know, all that yeah. fun stuff. So yeah. yeah. It's just, it's mind boggling. And the more I got into it, you know, you start peeling back those layers of that onion and you start mm-hmm. seeing exactly what you're saying is that it's all pharma based. It's right. all prescription based. Right. There's and really it no, yeah. Cause there's no incentive for them to make you healthy. Cause if you're mm-hmm. healthy, you are a lost customer. Yeah. And it's just now as a nurse, did you ever run into scenarios where you know, you would see a doctor doing something. You're like, wow, that doesn't make any sense. Yes. And, and, and are you able to step in there or do you have to let him do oh, it? Okay. <laughs> I, knowing you, I, I have yeah, no, I definitely did. There's, up. there's a lot of um, nursing staff or even other physicians that absolutely would not because, you know, they kind of revere them as like God type figures. No, dude, you put your pants on the same way I do every day. So no, uh, I don't think you're better than I am. And most of the time, a lot of nursing staff are actually 
as educated, if not more so than a doctor. Um, and I believe that a nurse knows more about what a patient needs because the nurses hear more from the patients than what the doctors do because they don't want to tell them stuff. But yeah, there's been multiple instances where, you know, I would be like, okay, you're putting them on such and such medication. Do you know that, you know, they have a history of this in their past that could worsen their condition or, you know, whatever. And, and I would always start it too, you know, spoke to Dr. So-and-so told him I did not agree with this, you know, line of treatment because of this situation. And that covers your butt for the future, because say that patient dies, they're going to come back on the nurse and the doctor my butt was covered because I spoke up. And and you and ner- from the nurse standpoint, you have no ties to the pharmaceutical company. Oh, hell right? no. Yeah, they're yeah, not no. allowed to even, you're not even allowed to go near them. No. And see, that's the thing is <clears throat> with the whole, you know, they came out with doctors can't take uh, gifts from, you know, uh, pharmacy reps or whatever, because it's considered a form of bribe. They literally do it all the time. They bring lunch in, they bring candy in. Um, Like our doctor that I worked for for such a long time, they took him on hunting trips. Uh, Oh, I'm going to fly you to Canada to our hunting cabin because, yeah, we're going to go bear hunting, you know, and so, or tickets to like a Ducks Unlimited banquet or, you know, whatever the case may be. So they weren't supposed to accept anything, but when the Obama administration put forth all of their plans um, to where they made everything uh, electronic, all the records, everybody had to be on electronic records and all of that stuff or uh, pay a giant fine. Well, along with that, the doctors get a very, very huge bonus depending on how many drugs they prescribe and how many prescriptions they wrote in a month or whatnot. So they get a hell of a lot of money um, on the front end and the back end from this lovely system that was set up and created to literally send everything you're diagnosed with Um, or every procedure that you have, it goes straight to the World Health Organization. Oh, really? For people that may not know that. I'm sure they put that to good use. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, and that's the the crazy part about it, right? Because why are we sick? It's because of what they put in our food, in our water, and all the the medications. And then, yeah, and then what do they Mm -hmm. do? They say, okay, well, to get you better, we're going to put you on this pill, which is also another cog in the thing and never do we look at how do we really treat the root cause right which you know in my case I felt like it was more in my stomach you know when it boiled down to it is once I got my gut in balance Mm -hmm. it seemed like everything else all of a sudden became in balance and that was never anything that that the doctor promoted or even discussed you know, they was, didn't know anything about it yeah it was one of those things and that's a great point that you make there is that they don't know about it. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not, they're in that little, they're in their lane going straight ahead and they're here to push you whatever's in this lane. They they don't care what's in these other lanes because that does a, it doesn't make, they don't make money off of it. Yeah. There's no money there and they don't know anything about it. So, you know, all, all these people that put, you know, their undying faith in their doctor, you know, I hate to break it to you, but you, you gotta, uh, and granted, I am not condemning all doctors because there are great doctors out there. Right. And I, I know many that I've dealt with too, but the ones that are the, 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 you know, subpar are the ones that get at you because they're still out to practice and they're, they're not you know, doing anything. I'm going to call them patsies because that's exactly what they are. Um, they're set up by the medical schools. They're told what to say. Um, they're told what to do, how to act, what to prescribe, push, 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 push. Um, But then if something happens to a patient, the doctors are the ones that can get sued. Mm -hmm. So the doctors are one that the ones that take the fall. Um, It's not big pharma. It's never big pharma for any reason whatsoever. Um, It is that actual doctor's responsibility. So they are patsies for big pharma and the medical industrial complex because they're the ball guys. Thanks Reagan. Right. I mean, he, once he gave them that, that free, no liability, that just opened up the door for everything. Right. And it's funny you say that the the patsy thing, because it makes total sense. I mean, a, they've been indoctrinated throughout medical school. Right. right? And then they they say, okay, well, and then they dangle the carrot in front of you saying, Mm -hmm. well, if you sell the more, the more, uh, prescriptions you push the more mm-hmm. money you're going to make and it's right. you know it's just one of those where you look at it and you're like wow this system is really messed up and you know the the funny thing about that too um they're paid to push the prescriptions but if you ask 99% of the doctors they cannot tell you what the side effects of that medication are they cannot tell you um what you may and may not experience, uh, how it's processed through your body. They cannot tell you any of that information, which is funny because that's what the drug reps are supposed to come in and educate the doctors on when they have a quote lunch. Um, but that's something that's never discussed. Um, and so it's like that the doctors don't even know basically what they're prescribing and how it's going to affect you or what kind of side effects you may have from it. They don't have a clue. Which is comical because I have to take anti-bullying training at my job, but these mm-hmm. guys don't even have to know what kind of, you know, what, what could happen to you if you take this drug? You know, what are some of the side effects? What are the potential issues you may come across? But they don't, nah, not important. Exactly. And so that's the funny thing um, that a lot of people don't understand about the medical field is, the doctor relies on the nurse to tell the patients, okay, those are the things that you, you know, that may happen to you going to need to watch for this or watch for that. Or uh, with this medication, don't eat spinach or whatever the case may be. Um, That's the nurses. It falls on the nurse to know that stuff because the doctors don't know and they don't care to know. No. Why would they? There's no incentive to. Yeah. And that's it's funny you say that because every time that I found or and in and, and speaking with other people, the best advice information they've usually got was from a nurse. Right. 
it was always they were the ones who said, you know, OK, well, I, I see he's doing this. Maybe just try this on the side, too, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And all of a sudden, wow, that worked. You know, I've, right. been, I've been doing his thing for, you know, a year now and no results. And all of a sudden you give me this little bit of gravy and I take it. And yes, it worked. Finally. Right. Thank you. And and it makes sense, though, from what you're saying, because they're going to have a more rounded education. They're not into that pharmaceutical lane. They have there's no right. incentive for them. Right. And nope. there's definitely no incentive. <laughs> no. I, yeah. Of any kind. None. And and basically, and if you have any sort of, you know, morals whatsoever, you want to see your people get better. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the last thing, especially a nurse wants to do, because they're, they're not gaining anything from it is see someone be sick. Right. You know, and, and I, too, it's very hard to find a doctor who has empathy for their patients. Um, most doctors seem very cold and very, um, I don't know, like almost irritated or bothered, you know, by, by how a patient feels and they may like, not like it because their patient comes in grumpy. Well, yeah, because they don't feel good. They're in pain, discomfort, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And that was one of the things I came across too, was that, you know, when the days that I went in there and I was actually, you know, I was, I had swollen joints or whatever it was. And I'd show him and he'd be like, Oh, that's not good. You know, almost like, almost Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like put Mm -hmm. off by it. Like, Oh, why are you, why are you going through that today? I'm like, well, that's why I'm here. Right. I mean, (laughs) weird, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I I haven't had it before, but I'm the librarian. Uh, Yeah. It's just amazing though. And, and I didn't know this up until, you know, like I said, about five years ago when I, because I avoided the system in, in, mm-hmm. in general, you know, I, I always hated right. going to the doctor as a child and, and, you know, it was just this, this awkward, eerie feeling I got when I went there. So as an adult, I was like, okay, well, the goal is to stay out of there mm-hmm. one. And, and two, if you do have to go in, you know, hope and pray that they're looking out for your best interests and found out quickly that was not the case exactly <laughs> and it was like you know it's like a, it's it's like the old line they just get you in the line feed you down okay go right. from this doctor to this doctor this try this 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 and it's just a constant experiment and I get why it's called a practice now mm-hmm. yeah and it's so funny because um like I said throughout history it's been you know um stolen medical experience experiments um stolen stolen data, stolen literally everything um, from, quote, developing a microscope or developing this or that, you know, it's always some kind of uh, game to them. Same thing as like what's going on nowadays um, with the lovely Dr. Fauci, because uh, Dr. Fauci, you know, okayed and praised the treatment with hydroxychloroquine uh, when MERS was around Mm -hmm. Um, and the first quote SARS was around and now it's like oh my god it's toxic it's terrible for you that's because uh, remdesivir makes them a hell of a lot more money for big pharma because hydroxychloroquine is very cheap um, it's been around for a very long time. It treats a very broad range of things. Um, 
But it's another one of those things with Dr. Fauci where he has a very bad history in the past. Um, he stole research from Dr. Judy Mikovits, you know, and uh, then he published AIDS research as his own and he pushed another big drug, AZT, um, during the AIDS epidemic. AZT actually killed more people than it cured. And the same thing is going on uh, right now in a lot of hospitals with remdesivir. Uh, remdesivir is another one of the things that he pushed, just like the AZT, where it's actually harming more patients than what is helpful. Unlike, um, unlike the horse dewormer, right? Yeah. That they keep bad mouthing that seems to exactly. work for a lot of people, but they yeah. always keep going back to... Uh, I always kill this name remdesivir and then mm -hmm. the vents, which right. it, that's almost a recipe for death, right? It is because um, with this particular virus, um, it has, what it does is actually destroy your red blood cells ability to carry oxygenated blood. Um, and when that happens, and they look like, um, like if you look at a red blood cell, a healthy red blood cell under a microscope, it kind of looks like a lifesaver, mm -hmm. like a jelly lifesaver. Okay. And then it's got the little dip in the middle and that's where the oxygen molecules uh, go. And, you know, that's how your, your bloodstream carries oxygen throughout your body system. And with this virus, what it does is actually hamper your red blood cells ability to carry oxygen throughout the body. So um, the shells, the, the cells become very odd shaped. They get stuck. Um, they're not oxygenating your bloodstream. So when you put somebody on a vent um, where you're pushing oxygen molecules into the person forcefully, your body can't pick that up. The cells can't pick that up. And so that's what causes patients to get worse and even die on event is that they're getting overwhelmed. Their body's overwhelmed because there's no cells to absorb those molecules. It makes you wonder why there was such a heavy push for the vents. Because that pays a lot of money too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, if you can, if you can put um, somebody on a ventilator, it's like 12,000 extra dollars. Mm -hmm. Um and I talked about this a lot when, when everything first started, um, a COVID diagnosis gets you a lot more money. Uh, ventilator treatment gets you a lot more money. And then if you can push, um, remdesivir or, um, <clears throat> Pfizer's other mm -hmm. two medications, um, that have gone up astronomical amounts since this started, um, not only the medications themselves, but the sales of the medications. One is to treat blood clots and one is to treat myocarditis. Weird, huh? That's that strange. The, I haven't heard the of the manufacturer, before. the biggest, biggest vaccination um, and the most requested or used vaccination. It also has the two top drugs in the world to treat the two biggest side effects. Weird. That's, that's what's so scary is that, you know, you're seeing, especially with the myocarditis, right. And as, as they push this down 
and I have an eight-year-old son and there's no way they're, they're touching him with any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got a better shot of walking across the street and getting hit by a car than he does getting sick and passing away. But yet on the other side, I'm I'm seeing all these horrible stories of people getting, you know, teenagers with myocarditis now Mm -hmm. and their life is basically ruined, you know, not, not, not complete, but it's totally altered. Right. For what, you know, and what did they gain by it? And, it's just, it's such a, a, a shitty time, you know, with all, because you can't trust what you're being told. And, right. and, and we're finding out more and more that a lot of what we've been told is flat out lies, mm-hmm. just flat out. And then, like you said before, anything that goes against the narrative is silenced mm-hmm. and gotten rid of. Like Judy Minkovitz exactly. was, as soon as she went against Fauci, that was it. They, they silenced her real fast. And, and, and you see that across the board that not only are people like myself who has zero medical experience getting silenced when I push medical papers or articles from mm. journals that are, mm. you know, scientific journals, that's getting silenced too. And that's, what's the scary part of all this is that, you know, there is one narrative and you're going to stick to it. And if not, we're not going to let your, your voice get out there. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, they have done that literally throughout history um as soon as the medical industrial complex was set up um and they you know like silenced the holistic healers the naturopathic doctors um there's a doctor down in texas that actually discovered the cure for cancer um quite a long time ago it's it's proven effective he saved I cannot tell you how many people and the government has gone after this man relentlessly since the 1970s. And they have sued him like a hundred times, threatened to take his license, uh, took all his research multiple times. That's the kind of um, shady behavior that they do because um, they took his research and called it their own did a clinical trial, kind of like the clinical trials now, um, where the sample size was not big enough. Um, The parameters weren't followed. So look at the Pfizer and Moderna studies too, um, where there is no longer a control group. The federal government is very good at doing the exact same thing with the every medication, um, every trial that comes up for treatment of any kind where, you know, the control group is done away with or parameters weren't followed. When that happens, when you're doing a clinical trial, you completely void your study completely like Pfizer and Moderna call all the people that got the placebo and said, Oh, you got the placebo come back in and we'll give you the vaccine. You know, so there is no control group. And so the giant push forward to vaccinate literally every person on the planet is so they can literally cover up every single side effect that's that's coming out because there's no control group anymore. And that's going to be a huge problem is is when this, you know, it finally hits the fan and you have you know, however many people, you know, whether you believe it's 60, 40 percentages, whatever, Mm -hmm. 
that 40%, when they don't come down with these side effects Mm -hmm. or, you know, some of the other things that we're seeing variants and things like that, there's only so many times you can point the finger at one group and realize that that's not the group that's causing the problem. Exactly. You know, and and to, to back that up, uh, think about all the people that have been going on cruises um, and you cannot get on a cruise ship now unless you're fully vaccinated. And yet they have had massive outbreaks on cruise ships. That is literally a place that's a Petri dish because all of those people have been vaccinated, but they're still having massive outbreaks on the cruise ships. And that should tell you something. If that doesn't tell you something, you're just clueless. Yeah. But that, like I said, you know, this is the kind of stuff that they've done throughout history repeatedly, whether it's cancer cures, drugs, you know, anything like that is uh, nullifying or invalidating their own studies. And the reason why they do that is, quote, lying with statistics. And that's exactly what it's done for. That's the book Gates had on his desk. Yeah. And people wonder, um, like, if there's a cancer cure, why won't they let it come out? Well, why would they? Mm-hmm. Chemotherapy drugs can be up to $58,000, $60,000 a month. Why the hell would they want to give you a treatment that may cost a couple hundred dollars a month if they could get 60000 from you? It's the same reason why you can't run your car on water. Right. It's possible. There's people that have done it, but mm-hmm. mysteriously they vanish or right. their house burns down or... Right. Yeah. And it it all goes back to that. The two things, control and money. They have to be able to sell you something. Yes. And, 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 and if this past 18 months hasn't shown you that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what can at this point, because like you said before, how many positive treatments have been shadow banned, shut down, you know, and it just, it's, it's incessant over and over it's like okay we get it guys you know and but if you whatever happened and that this is where i i really have a a problem with this is that you know what happened to making the decision for what's best for you individually Mm -hmm. because i have yet to find a drug that works for everybody because there is one yeah right everybody's different and that's one of the things I was going to ask you is if, you know, if you had a recommendation for people as to, you know, where to start with this type of stuff, you know, from a, a either a supplement or health standpoint, you know, because from my experience, it was sugar. Once I, I started cutting mm-hmm. down the sugar, I started no seeing noticeable change. Right. But I didn't know if there was, you know, obviously your food intake is 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 essential. But is there any, you know, there's no miracle drug out there, right? No, and you see, um, like dietary, dietary things alone are, um, there's no one size fits all for that either, because uh, some people were not meant to be vegetarian. Um, Some people were not meant to be, you know, pescatarian or, you know, a carnivore or whatnot, that is all in your genetic makeup, your genetic design and the area that you live in. But I will say the most important thing for every person on the planet is to get your gut 
brain biome back into where it needs to be because your, your gut brain biome is like a secondary nervous system. And so when you get that back into balance, um, it stops feeding signals to your brain going, Oh my gosh, you should be sluggish. You should feel really lazy. You should feel nauseous. Uh, you should have brain fog or memory impairment or, you know, your joints should hurt your, you know, you should have frequent headaches, things like that. So um, once people concentrate on that, and you can actually look up information about uh, gut brain biome and foods that you should stay away from. uh, There are some foods that can help you, but there's also some foods that are not good for everybody. And so, um, like fermented foods for some people are a a good option. However, I will tell you fermented foods are not for everybody. Um, If you have like a history of neurological things or uh, massive migraines or things of that nature, fermented foods are a very bad idea. So as a general rule, um, listen to your body and listen to what your body is telling you. Uh, Like me, I'm allergic to garlic. And so even though garlic is a natural healing thing, um, and literally every spice you can buy at the store has garlic in it, um, I have to make my own spices because I can't eat garlic without like feeling awful. So it's a kind of a process of elimination for everybody to know um, what foods to eliminate, what foods you should eat. Uh, don't follow the food pyramid. That food pyramid is bullshit. Um, it was another thing that was created by Big Pharma and the medical industrial complex to make you sicker and keep you sicker. So that's my thing. They wouldn't do that, Janet. No, huh? <laughs> and that that one drove. I I didn't realize that one until a couple of years ago. And once yeah. I realized that, I was like, oh my god! Because I remember them teaching us that in school. That was the whole thing, you know, elementary school. They're teaching the food pyramid. You got to get this many servings for this. And you know, looking back at it, you're like, wow, that is the most asinine thing ever. Because, eat like you said, a bunch of dairy. Please eat a bunch of dairy for us. It won't affect you in any way, shape or form. We promise. Yep. Even though there's tons of hormones and stuff in it, which are going to make you sicker. Just saying. And and they'll give you the pasteurized milk, but you can't have raw milk. Yeah. It just, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, that, but that's, it, you know, and that's, that's another, like we were talking about um, cancer drugs and chemotherapy a while ago. The government themselves paid once again. Hmm, wonder what operation it might have been, uh, where they brought German scientists to the United States, gave that's, them jobs at Yale. Yeah, weird, that's huh? familiar. Weird. And these two scientists from Yale are the ones that started chemotherapy in the United States of America using mustard nitrogen aka mustard gas as your first chemotherapy treatment that was outlawed 
in the Geneva Convention. But hey, mustard gas, even though it kills tons of troops and it's very toxic, let's use it for chemotherapy because that is a brilliant fucking idea. That's amazing. So think about that too. Like you ever see commercials for Botox? Yep. Okay. So uh, Botox is a massively toxic, quote, bacterium, if you believe in bacterium. Uh, It's deadly. But guess what? It's so great. It will get rid of your frown lines and wrinkles. (laughs) And if you have migraines, we can give it to you for that as well. Of course, eight months later, you may have a stroke or heart attack or uh, a massive blood infection or whatever, because those are all side effects from it. But you should try it. It would be great. <laughs> wow. Mustard gas. Yeah. Mustard gas. That's unbelievable. Mustard nitrogen, a.k.a. mustard gas, a derivative of. Yeah. Fantastic. But they're looking out for your health, your well-being. Yes. That's- yes. Oh my God. And if you, if you look into chemotherapy um, and radiation, chemotherapy, when you take chemotherapy, it actually kills off good cells too, um, which is what causes metastasis, which means spread of cancer. And so say you had cancer uh, removed from your right breast and then, you know, however much longer uh, you go, you go under all these treatments and stuff. And then miraculously, wow, it's spread to your spine and your brain and your kidneys and your liver. And you're definitely going to die now because it's spread everywhere. It literally says in the, in the paperwork on it will cause other cancers and metastasis. Well, that just means we'll give you more, right? Yeah. That's secure it. <laughs> or taking radiation. Um, to kill something and radiation can cause permanent blindness, permanent neurological impairment, uh, blow out your eardrums, burn your lungs, burn your skin, burn your insides. So basically uh, you're on fire from the inside out, but take it because we know what's best for you. It's good for you. Uh, no, it's sad. So, and no. Yeah. I just had a coworker of mine who, uh, you know, an older gentleman who was about a year, not even, he was a couple months away from retiring, was diagnosed with, uh, he, he had some sort of cancer in his like spine mm-hmm. and he was doing well. And then they put him on chemo and he passed away within two months. Yep. That's a hundred percent what it does because um, it weakens your immune system. Like I said, it kills your good cells too. Um And so you are susceptible literally to everything. And anytime you get that, it will shorten your lifespan. And so they may go, well, you've got six months to live, but if you take chemo, um, we might get you to a year. Might. Yep. Might. Or they'll give, or they'll give you three months knowing that it's likely going to be six months. And then once you make it past three, they look like a hero. Right. Oh, yeah. It's so dirty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our so lovely the, the medical industry is like um, the sewer. You're going to find all kinds of garbage down there and it stinks. 
yeah it, it's so it's so eye-opening though when you start seeing it you know that that it's and and again we look at when did this happen it started mm-hmm. in the late 1800s mm-hmm. into the 1900s mm-hmm. and uh, other than the school system which i think they got to after this this was one of the last things to fall right was right. was the medical system right. and you had options in the different homeopathy, osteopathy, right. whatever route you wanted to go. And now it, it's, nope, you're going in our, in our factory. And that's right. it. Yeah. And see, um, when they were setting up the medical schools and, and big pharma to be in bed together at the time, uh, that's when they also started, you know, the American medical association. Um, they set up, uh, what's called CMS, which is Medicare, um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Um, They did your diagnosis coding, your procedure coding, things like that. And then, you know, that was the whole thing for a long time. The American Medical Association makes all these decisions. So think of it as like um, the board of elites. And so they're the ones who get to review uh, whether, you know, this procedure should stay at this cost or whether, you know, we should add more diagnosis codes or we should, you know, whatever the case may be, they're in charge of everything along with Rockefellers and the Carnegie's. um, And Bloomberg's a big player too, right? Yes. He's in Johns Hopkins. Yeah. Um, but that's also a Rockefeller school. It was yes. set up as a Rockefeller school. Um, and of course, uh, where does all the COVID data come from? Johns Hopkins. Of course. Ah, weird. Huh? I don't know. They're the ones that came out with the computer, computer models at the very beginning that were so ungodly, deadly wrong, uh, weren't even remotely close to, to what was actually happening. But they could have passed because... They have a lot of funding from the Rockefeller family. I was going to say they probably got a bonus. They probably got extra funding yeah. for being so wrong because they were originally they were projecting like four million deaths, yeah. right? I mean, it yeah. was astronomical number. Yeah. Uh, it just gets. But they're also the ones where you know this uh, this board that meets through the AMA. They're also the ones that get to decide if they're going to put COVID on your death certificate, even if you. Uh, committed suicide and you know shot yourself in the head i I don't know well we're gonna assumptively and this is in their wording you can assumptively diagnose someone with covid by looking at them um or by observing symptoms okay so i coughed earlier because i have bad sinuses but they would automatically assumptively diagnose me with covid it's so funny you say that because today I was at the gym and the girl next to me was coughing and you should have seen the looks that the people gave her. Oh, I know. Like, <gasps> she, yeah. And I, I just laughed and I go, COVID, huh? And she's like, no, no, don't say that. I'm like, I'm joking. I'm like, you're allowed to cough still without everybody exactly. going into a frenzy. Exactly. But and people, yeah. people do that. And, and have they ever done that in the past? No. You would literally see people at Walmart sneeze with giant handful of boogers 
you know, no Kleenex, no nothing. And they just go around and wipe it on something. Well, I know these things because I worked retail a long time ago. But it's like they they do that stuff and like nobody even looked at them twice. No. You know, or they never cover their mouth when they sneeze or anything like that. Now, all of a sudden, everyone has cooties. Well, that's the funniest part about this whole thing, right? Is that you're supposed to wear a mask that will protect you. But on the box, it says it won't. Right. You're going to walk around these stores and everybody is touching the same door handles, right. the same materials. You're handing it to the cashier. They're going right. to hand They're it back. They're touching it. Yeah. But yet it's there's on a, a conveyor plastic. belt. Yeah. You know, going down the thing to the cashier. So it's touching everything else that's been on there, like the package of chicken that was leaking or, you know. Yep. And yeah. it's got that they got that little piece of plexiglass that's going to protect them. Right? Yeah. I mean, just the, the, the mental gymnastics you have to do to, to really try and rationalize this stuff right now is amazing. Well, don't you know that when you go to Walmart, um, it cannot get around the plexiglass? Yes, obviously. It can't that get into Walmart. Sheet. Walmart it was, o- Walmart was open go. the whole time. Yeah. And see, that's the thing, um, like a lot of people don't understand, even like the stupidity of restaurants. Okay. You have to wear a mask in the door, but you can sit down and not have to wear one. Okay. So, but as soon as you stand up, you might get it. You have to put it back on. Right. Yeah, and if you were to heaven forbid you were to go to the bathroom, you have to put it back on. Yeah. But yet you can go in the bathroom, touch everything in there, not yeah. wash your hands, come back out. And no one would say boo. As long as you yeah. had your mask on. Exactly. Which just makes you, it's, it's obvious. It's not, it's just strictly about compliance. But here's the thing, you know, everybody doesn't wash their hands and then, okay. When they're sitting in the stall, they probably pull their mask down. Yep. They've literally touched the door handle to come in. They touched the door to the stall. They touched the toilet paper holder. They touched the seat, whatever they touch. Then they touched it all again on their way out and they touch their mask to pull it back up. So, so you basically just so worried it, about deadly germs. Yeah. Just gave yourself a bunch. You just put yeah. it in your mouth directly. Yeah. yeah. It's, you might as well, you might as well go rub your finger <laughs> on the toilet lick bowl your and TV give it a good <laughs> Oh my God. Lick your phone screen. <laughs> oh, it, Jenna. It's so, it's so amazing. And, and, I had a run in this week with the, with the kid at the gym, because apparently, like I said, the mask mandates are back here. And he, he said, you know, we've had a lot of complaints that you're not wearing a mask. I said, okay, what's your point? He's like, well, we've been getting a lot of complaints. I said, yeah. I said, two days ago, there was no mandate. Everyone, there was not a person in here with one, but now because they arbitrarily picked a random day. Now, all of a sudden the cooties is back. Right. I said, so I don't have, I don't have the choice to decide what's best for me in a, in a gym where I'm trying to better my health. You're going to make right. me put something over my mouth, mouth where I'm breathing in right. awful. Filth. And you're going to decrease your oxygen level. Yeah. And, 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 the, and, and, and he looks at me and he goes, I know, but I'm just doing my job. I said, but you have to, you have to, as, as a person though, at some point say, mind your business, you know, let, let, and, and this whole thing about everybody being, you know, 
I'm responsible for your health or you're going to tell me what's right for me. That has just gotten out of control. And that's where I'm really starting to, my patience is really going thin. I mean, listen, Hey, you want to walk around with your face covered? So be it. I I get it. Yeah. My well, patience is wearing thin. Oh my, I love that. I'm like, can we, can we keep wearing it? Cause what's going to happen? You know, like what, what are you going to do? You're not, you're, you you do not speak well anyway. It's not like you're going to come. Ugh. I'm just so over all this and it's just nonsense, you know? And yeah. And see, when you try to reason with somebody um, that is so, I don't like to say brainwashed. I like to say um, not critically thinking. Yeah, they're they're in fear, Janet. Yeah, right. You can't argue with somebody like that or try to rationalize anything because, you know, just like you said with the the mask and stuff, you have to wear one to make other people feel better and you know protect. You have to do something to protect their health. Uh, no, that's never been anybody's responsibility. Uh, wear your seatbelt you so you can save the car next to you that's the kind of logic it is and people that don't have critical thinking skills which there are a lot of and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way but um people can't rationalize they they don't they don't understand like how asinine or moronic uh, these these things are just like the, with the restaurant and it if you said it goes over your head or you know <clears throat> wear a mask to protect other people even though the mask doesn't protect you because the box says so yeah <laughs> uh, spray everything with Lysol because Lysol claims it kills COVID uh, on the can okay great so if it actually kills COVID why don't they Lysol everywhere all the time or, or if it works, some of these people can just start spraying it right down their throat. Exactly. <laughs> just spray it in your mouth. Take it like exactly. And you know, and that's the thing. But, but some people can't rationalize the the um the the thought process. Or the people that are up to their shoulders in Purell. Yeah, I love those. That's great. But you know what? And God love people who do that. It is a terrible idea. Oh, it's the worst. Killing your natural skin flora and you're drying out your cells. Super bad idea. Just saying. It's like it's like giving a baby a bath. It's like giving a baby a bath immediately after birth, right? You want to let it you know ferment for a little bit, let it build up some antibodies and 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 yeah. Oh, I just, I can't. And, and, you know, I, like I said, I have an eight-year-old and so he's getting all the propaganda in school and everything. And, oh, and yeah. luckily he's, he's a little uh, chop off the old block because he's gotten a couple times where, you know, I, I tell him, don't use hand sanitizer. I said, if you have to wash your hands, you can wash them ma- once, maybe twice during the day at school, but you're not hand sanitizing seven, eight times a day. Right. And I said, anytime you get a break, you pull your mask down and you breathe that fresh air until they tell you to put it back up. Right. And he's, you know, he's starting to see it now. And and we were at, we were somewhere the other day and he goes to one of his friends, Hey, you don't need to wear the mask. It doesn't do anything. I'm like, that's my boy. Yes. That's exactly. my boy. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, at least I'm doing something right here. But yep. it, it's just one of those where, you know, and and I feel bad for the kids at, at the most. And right. they, they don't know what's going on. And, and if their parents are this scared, you know, obviously it's going to funnel down to the kids. And it's just going to it's going to screw up a whole lot of people. You know, um, so it's the whole thing. I've only been accosted once. And of course, it was on an airplane. And they were supposed, you know, supposedly social distancing on the airplane, which is funny. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I was, I got my seat, I sat down and then this couple comes and sits down next to me. And so the stewardess comes by and, you know, she goes, "Um, excuse me, we're not with her. I don't know this woman. So can you like move her? Because ew, like cooties type of, you know, snotty, snotty. I we call them Karens. Yeah. Snotty response. Karen and her boyfriend or husband or whatever was like, oh. you could just tell <laughs> on his face. He was like embarrassed. So she's going on and on and just carrying on. They don't know me and I need to move and blah, blah, blah. And so he comes back and he says, can I see your tickets? And I'm like, yep. And he goes, you're in the right seat. And he looks at them and he goes, uh, you're the ones that going to have to move. You're not even supposed to be in this row. Oh, God, that's great. Yeah. So it was like she was so pissy with me. And it maybe, maybe might she might have been pissy because I drew all over my mask. <laughs> <laughs> I always have done that even if they've ever forced me to wear one at work I always doodle on it or make faces on it or something because you know yeah I'm just so I'm so anti them otherwise by now I would have made the F Joe Biden masks yeah. you know and and now make me I'll wear that thing proudly until until you tell me to take it off because you can't wear that's obscene mm-hmm. you know but that's where we are so, with- but who are you to tell me whether it's obscene or not? Exactly. Well, it hurts yeah. my feelings, Janet. Well, <laughs> uh, well yeah. oh, that's I'm, the... I'm one of those people that I just really don't care. No, um, no. I'm the nicest person you will ever meet until you invade my space um, or come at me for no apparent reason. And then you better run. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's maybe people can tell that. Like no one's ever said a word to me at a store um, or anything like that. Cause I'd always be like, okay, ready to go. And my husband's like, I'm just going to wear a mask in the door. And I'm like, I'm not wearing no mask, whatever. I'm like, let him say something to me. And he's like, okay. He's like, don't get in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was waiting and no one's ever said anything. She's the only one that's ever did. No, no. No, it's one of those where I, I I'm, I'm over it. It's like enough already. And then we'll brace yeah. ourselves for the climate change game, which is next. So I know always fun. It's never, you know, never a dull moment. They always got some angle they're playing. Yes. We're heading for the uh, <clears throat> quote, dark winter, expect power outages. And why I say that not only is it in their plans, but we live like out in the country um, we are not on the main power grid. We have a private company and we got notification from them last week. 
letting us know to expect power outages this winter. Oh, good. Something to look forward to, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll be burning a pile of masks out in the yard. No. (laughs) It'll be my heat source. (laughs) Uh, You know, and it's like you wonder about some of this stuff. Is it... Is it just to terrorize us or is it, do they really have an end game here? You know, yeah, no, it, they, ha- they have an end game because if you think about um, like if they shut things down in the winter, uh, think of all the elderly people or people that have um, like need oxygen machines or anything like that. That's, that's plugged in, um, you know, and if people don't have alternate heat sources or whatever, uh, Plus being the <clears throat> flu season, if you believe in the flu. Um, but the time of year where like everybody seems to get sick and it's not really from germs. It's because people eat like shit in the winter. You know yep. what I'm saying? Um, and, and you're you not getting have, a lot of sun, right? Yeah, right you don't yeah. exercise and, you know, you eat chips and whatever because it's cold out. You don't want to do anything. So, you know, I think um, winter time is the perfect time, uh, the perfect storm combination to shut shit down just because that's when it's going to have the biggest impact on people. We saw that in Texas earlier this year, right? Yeah. They got them and, and, you know, it's, yeah. And that's the biggest fear because there's a lot of people that can't defend themselves when it comes to that. You know, most people don't have a generator. Most people don't have an alternate source of power. Right. And, you know, and, and, and like you said, the elderly, the sick, the feeble, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to be the first ones to go. And they, you know, if I'm following your vibe, it's, that's all part of the plan. This is yeah, a beginning is. of the herd. Yeah, it is. It, because, you know, if it, if it was during the summer, it wouldn't have the impact that it does in the winter months. And, and I just find it odd that our power company, like, warned us see that was the weird thing that you would get a notification ahead of time like oh gee they know this is going to happen they're warning us hmm how do they know this is going to happen it's not like i don't know it's in the klaus schwab's world (laughs) economic forum papers yeah i don't know are the spars playing that's going to be coming up here real soon with the uh when all the uh side effects hit the fan yeah, they said what about ten months afterwards? Yep. Ten months to two years, we'll start seeing yep. the real effects of it, and that's that's where it gets scary because you don't know what to expect, and yep. and because, like you said before, there were no trials for this human trials. At least we are the guinea pigs, and all the animal trials, all the animals died. So that's what I heard. All the mice and everything. Yeah, it's kind of, it, and that's kind of like what I talked about before with the all the trials in history. Um, where they lied with their numbers and their statistics and and whatnot. And that's the same kind of thing where uh, animals died or it was supposed to do this thing, but then they found out it damaged a different organ or, you know, whatever. That has literally gone on forever. And there are no safety and efficacy information studies on any of the vaccinations, not just COVID, but any of the vaccinations, because the federal government was sued for those and they have none. Oh, wow. Or any of the vaccines that are on the schedule. 
That's reassuring. Yeah. But they're safe. Trust us. Safe and effective is what I, I believe the key phrase is. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I can't, Janet. I can't. I, I know. Really, I just, it's, it's, you get to a point where, and, and, you know, and I've gotten, I've kind of made a, a piece with myself here that I'm not going to talk about it a lot. I'm just going to kind of let it go. Yeah. But it's in your everyday life and it's in every aspect of your life. You know, no matter where you go, you're, you're, some part of it is touching you right now and you just can't seem to get away from it. Right. And that's uh, because they're in deep, they're in very deep. Uh, the same people, the same players are literally involved in every aspect of your life. Well, in every way. Speaking of that, if I, I know that uh, you, recently you said you watched the uh five-hour documentary right i did yeah talk about mind-blowing and 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 that's one of those where that plays right into this right that was the precursor to all of this Mm -hmm. stuff and one of the things that i find fascinating and and if for the people that don't know it's it's a video five-hour video called the lost history of flat earth and uh it is an amazing documentary and actually i'll throw it in the link to this uh podcast Mm -hmm. uh if you want to watch it but one of the things that i found crazy in that was uh you know a the orphan trains right and then the infantoriums had you ever heard of those before um i had no idea that even existed um at all (laughs) until i watched that i was like what the fuck? And they like showing babies, their world's fair and stuff. And then you've got all these, you know, orphan kids that they just literally sent all over the world. 200,000 orphan kids. Yeah. And, you know, all not like, oh, you know, we sent, you know, a thousand refugees from here and no 200,000. But you know, that would make sense in one aspect. Um, If you believe in God, And if you believe that there was actually a rapture before, um, and that's why all these photos, the the streets are bare and empty and, and, you know, whatever. And there was definitely civilizations here. The buildings were already here. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, If you believe in that, children are the innocents. Um, Children are the ones that, that God was focused on. Um, anybody that has not seen it, uh, Angel Studios has a series called The Chosen. I highly suggest that you watch that. Um, it's actually about Jesus. <clears throat> but if you think about, um, there was a rapture and, you know, the children are the innocents and they're the ones that God focused on. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense to me why, like all the adults would disappear, but then all there's kids. Yeah. Cause it, and, and, you know, they say that there's 200,000 that they spread, they pushed around how many had lost their parents and just stayed where they were too. You right. know, you don't know how many there were. And right. so if you're, you're thinking about that and, and we're talking about the mid 1800s, so we're not talking right. about huge world populations, you know, right. we're, you know, millions, but we're, we're not talking about billions like we are today. So that right. 200,000 number is pretty significant. And it makes you think like, and, and same thing with the inventoriums, like how are they having that many premature babies? 
mm-hmm. they could just have them as like freak shows at these fairs and carnivals and you know coney island even had them and there was like a big fire there and they had to get all the babies out and it's like well and think about that though think about that in the terms that um how they always like have to put humans on display Mm -hmm. and um whether it's you know the the infants in that aspect or uh at the circuses or or whatnot there's always a group of people in our history that they focus on to chastise, uh, to make fun of, you know, to, to, bel- to belittle or whatever. Like, hey, look at this, look at this freaky baby. You know, I mean, who well, the hell did- goes pay to see that? Yeah, they did it at the World's Fairs, too. They had yeah. what were called human zoos. Yeah. Where they would bring in like Eskimos and, you know, people could pay to watch how an Eskimo lives a daily life in this little state. Yeah. It was like, you know, a zoo for people. And yeah, but you're right. People will pay to see the freak show or to see, you know, it's like that voyeurism that that is in human nature almost. But I mean, they've done that like forever now. So it's always one group or another group where they're, you know, they basically put them on display. Like, sorry for you, but right now it's white males. Yep. You oh, yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I love white males, by the way. I love all males, by the way. Just saying. It, yeah. it, and that's a, that's a whole different one. It's like now we're getting into that that side of things and you start looking at it and you wonder, you're like, OK, where is this going? Like, why? Why now? And mm-hmm. it's just it's really just to scramble up everything. Right. If they can just, you know, and and the real goal here is is obviously to destroy the nuclear family. Right. Disrupt that. Break that up. And then you can. And and what they said, even when when I was reading some on the uh, orphan trains a little bit, they were saying that, you know, it only takes one generation to change history. Right. So if they can get break up the family, then get to the kids, then that's the generation they can impact. And then from there forward, they can spread their message. Well, and I think that's why things are like on warp speed right now is because um, most of the schooling was online mm-hmm. and parents were told they can't watch because uh, of quote confidentiality stuff because, you know, they might see the other kids in the class uh, or whatever. So we don't want any parents to listen or we don't want any parents to, you know, whatever, or you can't record things. And then they're pumping them full of this just constant barrage of crap. Mm-hmm. Propaganda. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Literally every day. And so this is the generation right now that I think is being really super brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to the parents to uh, pay attention to your kids again. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of those where you have to watch closely too, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many things that, we didn't have as kids, you know, between the video games and the the internet, you know, my son has, has his own phone and he's eight years old. Uh, you know, I had sticks to play with out in the yard. That was about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We used to dig a hole and, you know, it was punishment for us to be inside as kids. Now it's like, if I send him outside. Yep. And things have changed so much, but, um, thinking about like, that documentary, the the one thing that was really interesting to me uh, was all the energy mm-hmm. sources. 
back then and how things were lit up like supposedly before we had the capability to do that. Um, and I've always said that we are definitely high frequency energy beings. Yes. Um, we are way more than what they want us to know that we are or that we're capable of because I think because we're so magnetically charged and I know this is going to sound really out there and wacky maybe. Um, but I seriously believe that people that are on that higher frequency, higher level uh, could probably light up a room by themselves. Oh, without a doubt. If you watch like the X-Men or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, all those, you know, what they consider the freaks, the mutants, I guarantee all of those have been done by humans at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, when you yeah. think about us, we're what, 60% water-ish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And water is is all about frequency. and is, Highly conductive. <laughs> yeah, and, and directly impacted by it, yeah. right? You can, yeah. it's like the, uh, the Miyoto study that he did on the water where mm-hmm. you can play or say different things to water and it changes shape. And right. so you think about us being mainly water and the frequencies that we're being, especially nowadays between the mm-hmm. 5G we're getting pounded with and all, right. you know, whatever else is put up into the skies and, and we're definitely impacted by all that stuff. And I'm with you that the frequency and, and the cathedrals, like the right. cathedral thing just blew my mind. Cause that was essentially hospitals before hospitals, right? right? They were energy and healing basically all in one. Right. And have you ever gotten that sense though? I, I I'm not a church guy, but I've been to a few nice cathedrals. And when you walk in there, there's an energy in the building that you can mm-hmm. feel, you know, it's, right palpable it's and it's not something I can really describe but it's it it, it's this vibe that you get as you go in there like you just walked into something that is is not normal right yeah and I think um and and some people are very in tune to that and and some people are not um if you're an empath you're definitely going to pick that up and you're going to uh feel that in like a energy shift and an energy Uh, change. And I find that in a lot of different places, um, places that I've been, and sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's not good. Um, I have been in some churches where uh, it literally felt like I was in a black hole. Mm. I'll get that sometimes in crowds. Yeah, right around a a lot of people or, you know, certain crowds that are places that I don't I'm there but I don't really want to be there I get this like this feeling and I'm like okay we gotta I gotta get out of here something's yep. not right it just doesn't <laughs> feel <and> right <laughs> yeah yeah and I'll and be that guy that makes that quick Irish exit you know I'm not gonna say anything yeah. I'm just out I'm gone gotta poop gotta go yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so true but yeah, that, that video blew my mind. That's one of those yeah. where I watched it and, you know, I forgot who sent it to me, but they said, you know, break it up yeah. and be ready to just absorb it in. Because if you try and take in all five hours at once, you're going to end up in a loony bin. Yeah. But it's great information. It is great information. And I, I suggest that people watch that. Uh, if you have not already seen it, keep a really open mind 
um, and pay attention to things that they talk about in there. Some of it I knew and some of it I was like, whoa, what? And I had to like stop it, take a break and then rewind a little bit and rewatch certain parts of it. And I was just like, oh. it's, <laughs> yeah, it's that unsettling <laughs> feeling, right? Like, am, am I crazy? Is this, you know, this is real and I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. And that's the feeling I got from it was, and, and I've, I've watched it. I'm on my third time. I started watching it again. Cause we mentioned it the other day and I just, you know, I'll watch it in like 30, 45 minute segments and shut it down. Yeah. So it's just so mesmerizing. You know, we've, if it's true and the way they, they, he proposes it, we have regressed technologically. Right. Right. You know, and we cannot do things that we could do 200 years ago. And But, you know, think about that, though. And um, like, what's the goal of the people who are in charge right now? They want you regressed. They want mm-hmm. you uh, dumbed down, um, disassociated right? so that you're like emotionless drone and you'll do anything and everything that they say. It's like the movie you know? Wally. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Disney. Yeah. It's basically where we're going. If they have their yeah. way, we'll be in our chairs wheeling around and have the robots oh. do all the work for us. And we'll just be these mindless, you know, flesh vessels. That's why I hate technology. Um, because I think technology, honest to God, fucked everything up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, used to be like if you want to talk to somebody you'd write them a letter or go over to their house you know and then the phone comes along and then it's like uh of course we had one of those rotary phones and then it was a um the push button and then the cords kept getting longer so you could walk from room to room (laughs) while you're on the phone and now you got stupid shit like a robot vacuum that are clean your house you have an alexa that you can uh, turn on to tell you whatever or remind you or something all while she's recording your voice. Um, you know, and it's dumb. It's absolutely dumb. And that's why, um, like, I don't spend much time on my phone. I don't spend much time on social media. Uh, so if, like people will send me something and it may be like a day or two before I respond. And it's not because I'm being an asshole. It's just because I have a rule zero social media in the morning. Um, I may get on there in the evening, but it's not for very long. That's a you great I mean? rule though. That's because there's nothing worse than starting your day on social media. Yeah. You know, I can't think of a worse way to start your day because you're either going one of two ways. You're, you're getting sucked into that lane right to start, right. or you're going right. to read something that pisses you off and, and right off the bat there there's, it's going to turn you in the wrong direction. Yeah. And that's why I don't, um, because I'm big on like grounding and centering myself and whatnot. And so that's not the way I choose to spend my morning. Um, and if I get on, I get on for very short periods of time, like in the afternoon or in the evening, and then I'm done. That's it. What do you do with all your free time, Janet, if you're not on social media? (laughs) You know, Janet does a lot of things. Janet's working on a cookbook. So, yes. Yeah. So I'm working on that um, because I don't own a cookbook. So anything I make comes out of my head. 
Um, so, so is it kind of is it is it themed or is it just anything and everything that you you make? No, it's pretty much everything. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So, um, like we have somebody that my husband works with that had a lot of venison meat, and uh, he was like, "That's dear for people that don't know what venison is." But <laughs> he's like, "If you could get the gamey taste out of that, he's like." If you could crack the code, like you could make a lot of money. And so he sends my husband these two great big bags full of deer burger. And I was like, okay. So whipped up some breakfast sausage and then I whipped up some uh, burgers and whatnot. And he's like, my husband said, I have no idea that that's even deer. Wow. It's like, doesn't taste like it. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, do you make your own sauces too? Yes. I can imagine those are good. Yeah. So I like uh, doing stuff like that. So I spend a lot of time doing that or I do a lot of shows. So I spend a lot of time planning for shows, um, looking at stuff that I want to look at. I'm not a huge reader as far as books go, um, just because it's really hard for me to like sit down for long periods of time like that. And so, um, like I'll read articles and, and whatever stuff like that research things, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Five hour videos, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely broken up into smaller bits. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Janet, this has been great. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I'm very tickled that you asked me. So thank you so much. Oh, it's all my pleasure. Thank you. Um, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? You can find my show deplorable nation on every single podcast app. Now. Thank you, Apple and Spotify for allowing me to come back on. Oh, you're back. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's been over a year, but yeah, I'm back on there now. Um, you can find me on alt media United as well. Um, if you want to check me out on Instagram, it's deplorable Janet and if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at no Janet, K-N-O-W, count number five. So there you go. <laughs> You're at five? Yeah, I'm at five. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So we're hoping this stays a little, but I spend more time on Instagram than I do on Twitter because that goes into the nothingness atmosphere. Yeah. It seems to be harmless over there right now. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. And everyone go check out Janet and and her great podcast, Deplorable Nation. I I love it. I don't miss an episode. And especially now that you're on the main ones. Now I don't have to go over to Podbean directly. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only that was the only drawback of it was having to go to a different app to get you. Right. And actually, once you uh, once you came over, I think I deleted Podbean. And uh, I'm just going to go for now until they've been both of us <laughs> well probably won't be very long but there you go <laughs> yeah i'm not holding my breath but i'll enjoy it while it lasts janet thank you so much and and have, have a, a great day Thanks, everyone you uh you know do your thing stay strong and question everything cruelty and injustice 
intolerance, a depression, and where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and suggesting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. Who wouldn't be? War, terror, disease. There were a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic you turned to the now High Chancellor Adam Sutler. He promised you order, he promised you peace, and all he demanded in return was your silent, obedient consent.